The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. No Ricky Sanders today as we work out our recording schedule. You know, all of us, we are trying to figure out this working from home remote life as much as everyone else is. And, uh, you know, doing doing TV from home, you know, turns out is not always the uh, the easiest thing. <laughs> so, you know, we got we got a lot of high speed video we're dealing with. So so just uh, Pacheco and I today. And uh, we're going to go through a lot of good stuff on the show today. We're, of course, going to continue our discussion of the KBO. We're going to take another look at some of the ADP questions right now in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And uh, if you guys are lucky, maybe we will do a little bit of Bundesliga talk at the end of the show. So, Pacheco, we are we are now about, about uh, half a week into the existence of the Korea Baseball Organization DFS and betting uh i gotta say i really wish that all the games started at midnight right big yeah. it is it is to me big time frustrating but uh i have i have in fact been waking up setting the alarm setting the alarm at four o'clock in the morning to check mm-hmm. lineups because that's how much i miss live sports gotta get up at four o'clock in the morning yeah and i, and I think I, I i agree with you i mean it'd be it'd be better i guess uh for our sake if it was a little bit earlier. Uh, but ultimately, the fact that it starts so late also provides a little bit of an edge, uh, you know, because w- people, not everyone's going to want to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to check lineup. Some people are just going to let it ride. Uh, and then yesterday, we got our first guy, you know, first meaningful guy that wasn't in the lineup, uh, Aaron Althair, who, who didn't start uh, for the NC Dinos. Uh, I believe they had their typical leadoff hitter uh, out of the lineup as well. And so if you had them in your lineup and, and you didn't wake up to edit that, you know, it's ultimately on you. But I, I think that's why uh, it's kind of nice because it does provide uh, an edge. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's because, it, you know, the lock time is, is at a really late time. Yeah. Um, and that was that was, I think, one of the things that people were maybe sort of expecting, you know, that. Yeah. Basically, you know, we we sort of thought that uh, the lineups would be more static. So the way that things work in the KBO is they play six days on and then one day off. Um, And I I actually I sort of think that it's going to go the other way in which we actually see loads of rotation because we you know, we've we have discussed on the show in the past that there's a lot of like pinch running and pinch hitting in the KBO and and to me that just shows you know these managers willingness to go a little bit deeper into their roster also another thing that i noticed is pretty much every team 
has a catcher platoon, Pacheco. They that pretty much every team other than uh, mm-hmm. other than the aforementioned NC Dinos who use uh, uh, G Yang, pretty much they are going to split the plate appearances at catcher like right down the middle. Yeah, and and it seems like outside of E Yang, uh, catchers in this league typically are your like they're just like your normal catchers that are, that are not going to be good hitters. They're just gonna, you know, be behind the plate and catch a bunch of balls. Like they're they're not going to be above average hitters, at least from what I've seen. It's Yi Yang and, and maybe the the Doosan Bears catcher that yeah. have like above average hitting tools. Outside of that, you're just looking at what you just said a bunch of uh, a bunch of platoon players uh, at the catcher position. Which, uh, given the league structure, I guess it, it does make some sense. Yeah. So uh, you know, a couple other of the you just. You know, things that we've noticed here in the first day, uh, Chang Mo had what I think was the most impressive starting pitcher performance uh, that that we've had thus far. So uh, he is a pitcher for the NC Dinos. He came out in his first game this year, six innings pitched, only two hits, two walks, eight Ks. Uh, only through 90 pitches generated 31 DraftKings points in that game. I think that uh, that is one of the best game score games that you were going to find. And, I mean, guys getting more than a K per inning in the KBO, that, I, I mean, I would imagine that we will see less than five, I mean, maybe not even five starting pitchers in the, in the KBO mm-hmm. this year will have K per nines over, uh, over nine. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting it either. I, I think that might be too high of a number, considering that this league is just, it's all BABIP, it's all pitch to contact. Um, which brings me to the other point that, Davis, we were talking yesterday about how nice it must be for, for these pitchers that come from, uh, you know, from the MLB level that weren't very good, but like they just have better stuff than these guys, uh, like, get, like pitches that break. And then all of a sudden they do much better here. Well, what about American hitters? Like coming from the MLB level, seeing a bunch of pitches that break all the time, and then all of a sudden coming here and just seeing sinkers and, and, and two seamers. Like it must be a really nice change for them. Uh, we already saw, you know, guys like Aaron out there have big nights. Preston Tucker was the other one uh, yesterday that had a really big night as well. Uh, I'm expecting these American league, uh, American hitters to really benefit uh, from this league structure. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that you are. I certainly think that you are correct about that. I mean, you know, one one of the things that we know is that uh, that these the, a lot of these pitchers that are domestic in the KBO they are not throwing that hard. They are, you know, they're working the bottom of the zone. Uh, and that was that was one of the things that made Chang Mo different is that he throws a slider, which mm-hmm. is not something that a lot of the guys in this uh, in this league in this organization do. So you know, I think that uh, I think that is uh, I think that's fairly interesting and, and worth noting. A couple other of the big performances, or or just you know, interesting things, right? We're just noting mm-hmm. interesting things. The Samsung Lions had given up to such an extent in their game on uh, Thursday morning that they brought in pitcher Ben Lively as a hitter. They're like, you know what? We are, uh, we're not going to win this game, right? So they, they lost eight to two to the NC Dinos. They're there. They're at the ninth inning. They, they just want to get home. And uh, they're just like, you know what, Ben Lively, you go up there and you go take a couple hacks. Like they, these just sort of like interesting things with baseball. Like, and this is something that we love about American baseball, college baseball, minor league baseball, like, no other sport do you get such weird oddities as, you know, Ben Lively coming up and, uh, and taking a couple hacks in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, certainly. And I guess I didn't expect it to be this soon either. I mean, it's been, what, three games? And you already have a, a pinch hitter as a pitcher? Uh, definitely not something that I'm, I'm accustomed to seeing, but maybe it's something that's a bit more routine at the KBO level. And, and honestly, I, I really didn't have uh, any idea about that. I wonder if the lack of like a full uh, spring training and everything is having an impact on, you know, how much we are seeing uh, pinch hitters, you know, how much we are seeing. I I, I made another note here in our notes that uh, only one starter Mm -hmm. through three games 
has gone deeper than six innings, and it was Warwick Sapold in yeah. what was the the best game, so the best pitching game this year. So we had a complete game shutout with, again, as we noticed in an earlier show this week, with only nine strikeouts was was really hilarious that mm-hmm. that happened. But it it just seems like these guys are are capped out at at six innings basically, it, it, and maybe they will get deeper down, right? You know, and this is we see this in Major League Baseball as well, where guys are they they start out the year going five six innings and then you know by august they're all the way stretched out and they can go eight innings you know kind of no problem Uh, yeah i i think that is that is definitely a thing uh and then the lack of spring training would certainly affect that because these guys do have to get built up they can't just go out there and throw seven eight innings or or their arm is not going to hold up so there's a reason why we're, we're seeing this the other reason, too, uh, Davis, as I've seen the inning, innings pitch uh, for a lot of these starters uh, in the database, um, th- these aren't guys that are going to pitch 200 innings a year either. So the, my assumption is that you're going to see a lot of guys that are going to pitch five to six innings, actually. Uh, it's not gonna, going to be like the MLB level where you, you do get guys that, you know, like a Max Scherzer or like a Garrett Cole, where the baseline – instead of it being six innings, starts to push over to it being seven or potentially even more than that. Um, So I I think because of the fact that they're not missing bats, uh, they do walk a good bit uh, and they pitch to contact, you see the innings pitch being closer to five to six as a baseline. So don't be surprised if that's what you see moving forward too. Uh, what did we think about Chris Flexen's Major League debut? You know, he he just sort of seemed like a normal guy, right? Six yeah. innings pitched, seven hits, three earned runs, only one walk. So you mm-hmm. have to think maybe, you know, maybe he just got a little bit unlucky with the Babbitt because, you know, he did have one strikeout per inning. So so maybe these maybe these numbers don't look great because of the seven yeah. hits. But again, as we've talked about a ton, you know, we expect probably that in this this form of baseball with you know less emphasis on the home runs more emphasis on putting the ball in play some of these some of these guys are just going to give up more hits randomly in these starts like do we think chris flexen is is one of the five best pitchers in this league probably uh he's he's probably in the conversation of the best 10 not sure that he's in the the conversation of the best five um his his stuff looked pretty Pretty good. I'm just not sure if I if I'm ready to say he's you know top five in the league uh, at this point. There are some of the domestic guys that are pretty good uh, as well. As we saw uh, Cheng Mo Ku yesterday, uh, he had an incredible performance. The one you mentioned earlier, um, it, it was seven hits, Davis, but he only walked one guy. So uh, all in all, he ended up just uh, you know get having eight guys being on the bases. Uh, which wasn't all that bad. And the matchup against the LG Twins actually wasn't a good one uh, either. So maybe, you know, maybe he'll, he'll do even better uh, in, in better co- contextual spots. Uh, I don't think this one was one of them, uh, but he still, you know, did pretty fine, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, and so some of the other noteworthy performances here over the uh, the first week, the Lottie Giants, worst team in the KBO last year, Pacheco, all yeah. of a sudden, they they've started out three and zero. You know they are uh, they are running hot. They scored seven runs on mm-hmm. Thursday night. They scored nine runs on Wednesday night. Seven runs in the first game. You know maybe maybe uh, the Lottie Giants a little bit better than we expect, or or possibly just a, a, a dead cat bounce. And and one of the hard things with this league is I mean, how how can you tell, right? How can you even know? which is true because we don't have access to a ton of the, you know, advanced data that we are used to with major league baseball players. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. What I will say is we did hear a a good bit about um, the giants potentially being improved this season before even the season began because they had made some signings, some foreign signings. Um, So maybe, you know, that that's helping them, but it's really difficult to tell okay, they're starting off 3-0, they were the worst team, you know, what, what does this really mean? They have been scoring a lot of runs, and last year, typically, the Giants just aren't a really high-scoring team. So I, I, I'm i not sure what, what to make of the fact that they're all already scoring a bunch of runs. Maybe um, their opponents, you know, took a, a – like they're not going to be as good this year. That That's a, a, a potential thing. Um, I, I know they're 3-0. I know they've been scoring a lot of runs. They've looked pretty decent. 
Um, it's just difficult to tell whether this is a trend that's going to continue or, hey, it's just baseball. It's it's all random anyway. It's all random anyway. That's what we say here on the Daily Roto Hour. We'll be back in just a few minutes with a continued conversation. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. Uh, in the first segment, we did our usual discussion of the KBO taking a ton of attention from us. Uh, we we think that after, you know, about a week, we should have some pretty good data. Uh, you know, maybe not even really good data, but just a better sense of how the league plays. You know, just sort of thinking about how to approach it from a DFS and a betting perspective. But we wanted to move into something that we've been talking about a ton this offseason, which is fantasy football, uh, fantasy football ADP. And, uh, you know, Pacheco, a large part of our conversation this offseason has been on uh, dynasty football. But I, I think, you know, now that now that the draft has taken place, I'm starting to think about, okay, what is going to happen in 2020? Like, stop thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, which guy is going to have the most value in uh, in 2023. So uh, yesterday we, we just started going through uh, we just started going through a ton of the ADPs and kind of thinking about what makes sense and what doesn't. My my early thoughts are that ADP is just, it's not efficient right now. Average draft position in May, if, if you are if you are looking to get a lot of volume down in best ball, which I, I think you probably should be doing, I mean... The the softest a market is going to be is the is with the least amount of information to the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that makes a whole lot of sense. Right now, may, even though we don't have a lot of information, um, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. The market is not going to be ready because the information is very limited. We just have the draft, but even the you know even the the league schedule at, at this point is a little bit up in the air uh, due to the COVID nineteen situation. So I, I think you're definitely onto something there, Davis. All right. So digging back into our ADP examination where we, we left off yesterday, we actually 
left off talking about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both going in the first six rounds. We got Ricky's take on this. Uh, I'm wondering your opinion on just so, so sort of thinking about projecting this backfield, right? I'm working on our projections yeah. right now on yeah. sportsgrid.com, thinking about the best way to, to uh, you know, dole out the touches amongst these players. And Nick Chubb was really just not targeted at all once Kareem Hunt mm -hmm. came back, right? Uh, he came right. back in 11, and I believe Nick Chubb saw 11 targets in those games at the point in which um, Kareem Hunt had returned. So I, wh which ADP do you think is more correct nick chubb in the first two rounds or kareem hunt you know as like a, a mid sixth round pick oh that, that's tough uh, my guess is even though even if chubb's uh passing work gets cut a bit underneath him which we already saw last year uh with kareem hunt in there I, I still think his adp is probably more correct uh this is still going to be a guy that i'm assuming will get most of the goal line touches, if not all of them. Um, I'm not expecting Kareem Hunt to be working down, you know, over on that end of the field. I mean, I, do, I am expecting him to be a part of, of the third downs uh, early and often. Um, so that's going to take away from Nick Chubb's value, but I still think his ADP is a, is a bit more correct, correct than Hunt's at this point. Yeah, I think that is, I think that's pretty likely to be true. You know, the way that I'm handling these guys in best ball is pretty much to avoid both of them. I think that the presence of Nick Chubb makes Kareem Hunt's ceiling non-existent because Chubb is still going to be the goal line back. And the existence of Kareem Hunt is going to mean that Chubb's uh, like Chubb's, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey style ceiling, his Ezekiel Elliott style ceiling in which he is able to get, you know, 80 targets over the course of a season. It just, it just really doesn't exist. And yeah. if you look at the, if you look at the price tags of the Browns offense, you know, Odell's still pretty expensive, you know, not uh, not beginning of the second round expensive, but relatively expensive. Jarvis Landry is being drafted as a top 40 wide receiver. Austin Hooper is being drafted as a top 10 tight end. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of think the Browns just want to run the football a ton. Are we are we buying the Browns resurgence? Like I, I they've actually become Pacheco kind of like post hype sleepers you know yeah. because they were they were so popular last year people were betting on them to win the division betting on them to win the super bowl and you know obviously none of that happened they they let go of their coach they bring in kevin stefanski uh you know just kind of what are you feeling about the the browns offensive outlook this year i mean i'm, I'm feeling much better about it um this year i th honestly davis i thought last year um Obviously, it, w it wasn't the season they, they were expecting. It was mostly a disaster. But the other thing was their schedule was about as brutal as it gets. I mean, it was week in and week out. I, I feel like there, there was one spot, and I believe it was against the Dolphins, that I felt pretty great about everything. Outside of that, it was brutal. Um, the whole year. So I, I didn't feel like there was a matchup that I wanted to exploit with them. And on top of that, they were just a disaster. So that, that certainly didn't help things. I, I think this year, you know, hopefully better schedule ahead of them uh, and hopefully another year of, you know, disappointment. Obviously last year was a huge disappointment, but I'm hoping that they, they learn through that, you know, more offensive lineman reinforcement this time around, hopefully stables things around. I am ex expecting things to be a bit better for them uh, moving forward. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have done, they've done a lot to make their offensive line better. And that's, that. Yeah. I mean, that is just one of the biggest positive indicators that you are going to find for offensive success. Like if you were able to have an offensive line that makes you, you know, you can just average four and a half yards of carry, no problem. Your quarterback can just have a clean pocket whenever he needs it. That is a, uh, that's huge. So another situation, this one, uh, this one is near and dear. This one is near and dear to your heart, Pacheco. Tyler yeah. Higby, who you loved in our <laughs> dynasty startups this offseason, he is going as the tight end seven. And I mean, I I don't think that's wrong or bad, but yeah. he is going higher than Evan Ingram. And to me, I mean, Evan Ingram can be an alpha. And I just I do not see a scenario in which Tyler Higby is gonna have you know, I, I, if, if Higby has a great season, I think he probably catches 10 touchdowns. If Ingram okay. has a great season, I think he could get 80 catches, 1,200 yards. You know what I mean? Like like more like an actual wide receiver. What, what are your thoughts on those two? So, uh, yeah. So, I, I, I definitely love Tyler Higby, but I also love Evan Ingram. 
and I love his athleticism. I love what he brings to the table. I think the fact that Higby is being drafted ahead of Ingram is is so it has so much to do with recent stuff. Uh, Evan Ingram is typically just typically hasn't been on the field because of injuries. Higby last season when he came into the scene was already posting you know really big numbers. Um, so I think there's something going on there. Not saying that that's what's going to happen moving forward. I, I am expecting better health for for Ingram. And if you are expecting that, say you're expecting you know 16 games for both of these tight ends, I think Ingram ends up with the better accounting stats. I just do. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. And you know I I think there is. There is maybe a chance that Evan Ingram is one of those guys that just is going to get injured a ton, right? Like he might get compensatory injuries. He might, uh, and and you know, also these things they take a a mental toll as well. Like you know, you you talk to one of these dudes who gets hurt three years in a row, and like it just, I mean, like uh, you know what? Actually, how I've always thought about it, this is going to be such a, a nerdy uh, comparison, but you know, you know, Pacheco back like on the in the PlayStation Two where. <laughs> You're, you're playing a franchise mode in Madden or a dynasty mode in NCAA and the file gets corrupted and you lose like six years. Oh, yeah. How motivated are you to grind back up past those six years? You're like, dude, I'm not playing video games for a week. Or right? maybe like, ever. Yeah. Or, or maybe, yeah, you're just, you're <laughs> so tilted and that's happened to all of us. And like on like the most macro sense ever, that's a lot of what coming back from an injury is like for these dudes. And yeah. to ask Evan Ingram, okay, re, you know, you get a concussion uh, come back from that. Okay, you're going to tear your knee. Come back from that. You're going to break a bone in your foot. Come back from that. Like, that is a lot to ask these young dudes to just continually fight back from. So, you know, more power to you, Evan Ingram, but I would not be, you know, I would not be surprised if he just is a guy that doesn't exactly pan out. So, yeah, I, I totally, uh, totally get that, especially at the tight end position, man. It's, Davis, it's tough. And these guys are also blocking. Uh, that is a really, really difficult position. So I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Uh, my point to the Tyler Higby ceiling stuff um, that I disagree a little bit. Here's why. Last season when Higby had this humongous breakout, he did generate a little bit over 500 yards in five yeah. games. It was over 500 receiving yards, David. So like, you know, could a potential outcome be, you know, this guy uh, posting a, more than a thousand yards with a full workload at hand? I think it's possible. I, I don't think I would dismiss that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that I think that is probably close to being true. Um, okay, I got another. I got another one for you. Since the NFL draft on the FFPC, so uh, this is this is Tyned Premium. Uh, this mm-hmm. comes from this comes from uh, Fantasy Mojo, uh, which has a, a great source of uh, a great source of ADP. Rob Gronkowski is going as the tight end nine in fantasy football. So uh, that is the 68th overall selection. That uh, that to me feels extremely rich. Oof, man, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this right now. Uh, Feels that's, crazy. If yeah, it, it does feel crazy. I'm gonna have to. I, I want to see what are the names that he's being drafted because if he's being drafted as a tight end nine, there's gonna be some names in there, uh, tight end ten through probably twelve in that first tier that you could argue could be drafted ahead of Gronk. But Davis, I mean, it's 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 Gronk, man. This guy when he was on a roll was double-digit receiving touchdowns. Does The question is, does he still have that type of upside, you know, now that he's he retired for, for some seasons? Uh, he's going to be over 30 at this point. There's a lot of question marks, and that's why I, I think, you know, T9 looks, looks a little bit rich. But if you think he's anywhere near who he used to be, I mean, man, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, he could probably score crazy amount of touchdowns, but I also think that the primary way that the Buccaneers are going to move the ball, you know, even even if we say, okay, Tom Brady's not going to get hurt, Tom Brady is going to play at a level, you know, closer to 2016 than 2019, they're not going to have any problems in the backfield, so Ronald Jones, Dare Ugambawale, and Keyshawn Vaughn, all of those guys are going to fit in a role. Yeah. I think that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to command such a target volume 
that for Gronk to be legitimately drafted at tight end nine, you have to think that their red zone offense is very similar to what the Patriots red zone offense was. And and I don't think that makes sense either because again, you look at the weapons and you say, okay, Mike Evans, really good red zone guy, Chris mm-hmm. Godwin, really good red zone guy. And when Gronk was at his Gronkiest, you know, he was the, he was the undisputed top guy in new England. You know, Julian Edelman was a complimentary guy. Uh, a lot of those other guys were complimentary guys. And, and I mean, Gronk is great, right? Don't don't get me wrong. Gronk is great. I just yeah. I I will not be buying in at the tight end nine price tag. So we are going to go ahead and head to break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. Going to continue going through some FFPC ADP, discussing some of these questions and uh, maybe a little preview of some Bundesliga soccer when we get back as well. See you guys in just a few minutes. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. When we headed into break, we were discussing some discrepancies, just some just some weird stuff in FFPC uh, ADP. And, and these are, you know, I would assume that these ADPs are very similar to what you're seeing on the best ball tens on Yahoo, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere, you know, very rarely are you going to see discrepancies that large in the market. Though, of course, if you are out there grinding best balls, you should be looking for those discrepancies to, uh, you know, try and generate some profit potential. This to me, Pacheco, this was one of the weirdest ones. Darius Geis still going in the top 10 of ADP. So over the offseason, Washington keeps Adrian Peterson on the roster. You know, doesn't cut him. He's he's still on the team. They draft Antonio Gibson. They mm-hmm. sign Peyton Barber. They sign JD McKissick. And and the team is still saying positive things about uh Bryce Love. You know, still being like we think Bryce Love is an NFL player. We think he can contribute yeah. at uh, at an NFL level. So, you know, I I just uh I I, I don't get this at all. And maybe maybe I didn't watch him enough at LSU, right? Maybe maybe that's yeah. what I'm missing. Yeah. Um, 
and also you could argue that uh, that Antonio Gibson might just be used more as a receiver uh, rather than a running back. Still, with that information at hand, they still have like six other backs. So I, I, I like you, I don't I don't understand why the price tag is so rich. Um, it's a running back. We've seen running backs being replaced all the time at the NFL level. Also, he has an injury history already early on in his, in his career. I'm not sure why the price tag is so rich. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, there are there are people that uh, there are people that love Darius guys. There are just always people that love running backs, and that uh, that yeah. tends to that tends to you know just uh, elevate their price tag. So you know, I I don't always get it. Okay. Another another interesting one, Deshaun Watson versus Russell Wilson. I think you could argue both of them are in very similar situations where their head coach does not particularly support them. Uh, Wilson now actually, I think you could say, has better weapons. So he yeah. has Tyler Lockett. He has DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, the team traded or actually they didn't have to trade for him. They signed Greg Olson out of free agency. Uh, I guess he doesn't have a good pass-catching running back, really. You know, Travis Homer is probably the best pass-catching running back on the Seahawks roster, but they're sticking with Chris Carson as their uh, their lead running back in Houston. He loses DeAndre Hopkins, adds Brandon Cooks, who, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know. Brandon Cooks, his problems are not on-field performance. They're really related to his concussion problems. And I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fault Brandon Cooks for that. I, I still think Brandon Cooks is a good player. But Will Fuller also has trouble staying on the field. Like, if, if I'm yeah. telling you that in week seven, Pacheco, mm-hmm. the starting wide receivers for the Houston Texans are Stephen Mitchell Jr. and DeAndre Carter and Kiki Cutie, how surprised are you? No, I'm, I'm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really be surprised. And it really stinks because the one guy that you could say was always in the lineup was DeAndre Hopkins. And now the Texans don't have him. Um, so I, I agree. That, that really puts Deshaun Watson's value uh, at a little bit in limbo. The good thing is that some of the value that he generates is through the ground, is, is the rushing statistics. I still think that you will see that. Watson is, a, is still young. I still think that you'll see him rushing the football. And plus, David, they added David Johnson in the offseason. That's a guy that looked uh, about as awful as, it, as you can look uh, on the football field last year. Sure, you could you could argue it's because he was hurt, uh, but say, you know, say he's just not a healthy or just a productive back at the, at the NFL level anymore. They're not going to have much at the running back department either, Davis. So, like, Watson is, is going to have to to rush the football maybe a good bit. And maybe he can make up for that that uh, lost value passing uh, with the rushing element. That, I, I do see what you're saying. I think his, his value certainly drops. Uh, especially with DeAndre Hopkins not no longer in town, that's that's really a huge bummer for him. Yeah, uh, I I think that Watson though, I think he might be able to make up for some of what they're losing in Hopkins with rushing because he's yeah. still so Deshaun Watson is still pretty young, and yeah. Russell Wilson now he's going to be entering into his age thirty one season, and if I'm looking at uh, you know just single season upside. Um, I, I probably would still go Watson by quite a bit because one, his team does, you know, still plays that like the, the Seahawks still play that brand of super run heavy football. You know, they're playing slow, they punt a lot and you know, that's not necessarily like the Texans don't play optimally, but they play more optimally than the Seahawks do. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I guess I'm just st- still stuck a little bit on the fact that his pass catchers have a big time injury history, uh, and if you know, if all of a sudden you're you're seeing second and third stringers out there very early in the season, that's going to have a, a big impact on on his numbers one way or another. Whereas Wilson, you you, you you're not going to run into that problem. He certainly has the the best weapons. Uh, and I know, I, I know you, you don't like the Seahawks. I know you don't like their their brand of football. But somehow Russell Wilson always puts up good numbers, no matter what. Yeah, I, I, I that is that is really true, right? Just no matter yeah. what, Russell Wilson just always finds a way to get it done. And that's that's why, like last year, it it just seemed like oh, he just wasn't going to be good for fantasy, and he just yeah. found a way. He just he always seems to find a way. Okay. Uh, I, I am not able to be, 
Uh, I'm not able to be impartial with this one. Damian Williams still going as running back 32. So still a top 100 fantasy pick. Still someone that people are expecting to produce for their fantasy teams in 2020. Do we do we agree or do we disagree? Um, I, 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 I can get on board with this one. Um, I, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being such a high draft pick for the Chiefs. He was a first-round selection. Uh, someone that, you know, Patrick Mahomes said himself wanted on the team uh, does cloud Damian Williams' production moving forward. I still think that he, he should be considered, uh, you know, an RB 30, 40. I think he's somewhere in that range. Maybe RB 32 is a, just a touch rich, but I still think he'll, he'll have, you know, some productive weeks. Um, certainly would probably be a better pick for best ball. Rather than like snake, I, I do think that's the case. I think he's going to have some usable weeks. He definitely is going to have some usable weeks. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, just kind of the way that the Chiefs have distributed their touches. I do, I do agree with you though. I think that is a, I think that's a really astute point. Which is, ju- you know, which is just that it's not going to be that predictable, right? There are going to be there are going to no. be weeks where you there are going to be weeks where you know you're in you're in deeper leagues, uh, you know, or just more competitive leagues, and you're like, all right, I don't have a running back. I'm starting Damian Williams, and you end up tilting your face off because he gets four touches. I mean, part of the, frankly, part of the frustration with the Chiefs making the Clyde Edwards Hilaire selection in the draft is that that Damian Williams looks like a good productive running back. So, like, you, you just question why would you have to select another? I, I believe his contract is up for this season, so that's, like, an easy replacement yeah. um, right there for the Chiefs. Uh, still, though, I, I think the from what we saw last season, especially more towards the second half of the season and in that, in that Super Bowl run for the Chiefs, Damian Williams looked pretty good. So I, I still think that, again, he's going to have some usable weeks. Predicting that scenario, especially early on, might feel a little bit nightmarish. Yeah, I, I I agree with you that uh, that I just I think it's going to be a very hard situation to suss out uh, an ADP that I just think is is stupid, right? I just I will have zero percent of this player at current cost. Jerry Judy going at wide receiver thirty seven, while Cortland Sutton is also going as one of the you know first fifteen wide receivers off the board. Yeah. I know people love Jerry Judy. People love to draft rookies. People are are in on. Drew Locke and these new look Broncos. I I gotta say, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Uh, I just I don't think the volume will be there. I think that at best he is second in line for targets on that offense, but might yep. even be fourth, right? Because you know uh, we know that uh, that that Broncos offense is gonna throw to the running backs a ton, so they're gonna be throwing to Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. I I think Jerry Judy might see like. 65 targets this year basically which is uh you know just not going to justify this price tag well you could also argue uh you you forgot a name in there Noah fan too <laughs> uh who's their their big tight end target he, he's going to figure to see some sort of volume uh, as well i guess the, the thing with denver is you know how much are they going to throw the football are they are they going to throw it more than they did last year i don't think i think that's a legitimate question because now that they have better pass catchers, um, I know they added Melvin Gordon for free agency, but it just makes more sense for them to let it let it air out a little bit more than they they were accustomed. Uh, just with Corlin Sun and Noah Fan in there, um, my guess is they do throw more. It's just how much more, because I am in agreement with you. It's, it's all going to come down to how much volume does he see. If he's going to see your projection of like sixty-five targets. To me, that just doesn't feel great. You could argue a very similar thing with um, someone like CeeDee Lamb, who is going to be certainly in one of the, if not the the best offense in the NFL, one of the the best offenses. It's just a question of, is he going to be the third or or maybe even fourth target in that offense? That makes it a little bit difficult to, to evaluate. Yeah, I I agree. Right, one hundred percent agree with uh, with that take. Okay, last last one before we head to break here. Jordan Howard and Matt Breida are going back to back as the uh, the lead running back for the Miami Dolphins. We we actually mm-hmm. saw this 
last year with with Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake. You know, they would flip-flop in ADP and one would fall and one would rise. Kalen Balaj went laughably high for a long time, especially for a player that, uh, you know, things things did not work out for Kalen Balaj for, uh, for a lot of different reasons. So which way would you lean between Jordan Howard and Matt Breida? Oh, boy. Um, I, I, I want Matt Breida. I, I think Breida's going to have he's going to have that access to the passing volume. I don't think Jordan Howard was brought in there to catch passes. Um, not saying that Jordan Howard can't be productive. I, I think he, he actually might get more of the goal line work, but I think Brita gets more of the passing work. I think he's more valuable than Jordan Howard at this point in my eyes. Yeah, I think, um, I think I probably agree with you. I mean, I guess I guess where I would lean is Jordan Howard is probably going to enter camp as the guy that's going to mm-hmm. get more work where you know coaches love Jordan Howard they they he's dependable in pass blocking everything Matt Breida you know tends to be a little more brittle and and, and whatnot um but Breida I think would have the ceiling right he would be the one who you'd say oh, well, he can probably score 10 touchdowns. He can have some mm-hmm. long, like, like he would be a really good guy to draft in uh, best ball. You know, if we if we had the draft best ball championship back with, you mm-hmm. know, 100 million or with uh, with a million dollars to first place and stuff, I would definitely be interested in a Brita in that format. So uh, we're going to go ahead and head into our final break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. I have one more group of players that I think are undervalued in fantasy football, and then we are going to talk some of our expectations for the first weekend back of the German Bundesliga. Everyone, thank you for watching, and we will see you back in just a few minutes. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. Uh, have one last grouping of guys before we start talking about the return of the German Bundesliga. Uh, I think all of these following guys are are just too cheap and are going to be guys that I expect to be drafting tons over the rest of the summer. Marvin Jones of the Detroit Lions. 
Uh, and all these guys, by the way, are going after the top 100 picks and after wide receiver 50. Uh, Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers, McCole Hardman of the Kansas City Chiefs, Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. I mean, this dude is like free. Brashad Perryman of the New York Jets and Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, obviously, my favorite of that group is McCole Hardman and and mm-hmm. Anthony Miller too. Anthony Miller, I think, is is really underrated. Uh, what do you think of that of that list? Uh, I, I really like Lazard. For the Green Bay Packers, um, I, I've seen some resistance around saying that, you know, who are we to say that he's going to end up being the the wide receiver too in that offense? My argument is: is there any other player on that roster that can fill out that role? You you could argue Lazard is not even that guy, but like, I, I think he's the best of the bunch, and I, I think at his current ADP, I think he's he's a really good buy. He's certainly one of my favorite. Um, guys of the list that you uh, made here. I would say uh, Perriman is the other, where we've talked a lot about Sims, but they brought in Perriman uh, as a guy that had a lot of production last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially um, and over the second half of the season. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being, you know, like the top target or like a top two target in that offense. Um, you know, maybe Sam Darnold uh, improves as well. Like, there's some there's some positive things going for, for Perriman. He's uh, he's probably my first or second uh, favorite guy on that list. Uh, I think uh, I think that is um, I think that is pretty pretty reasonable. Um, all right, so so we got through there. I mean, M- McCole Hardman guy yeah. is just going to score a lot of touchdowns. Guy, he, he got my man. My man can run 23 miles an hour and uh, is amazing, and he's going to score so many touchdowns on on not even that many targets in the Kansas City offense. So is Daryl Henderson really going uh, as RB32, or, or was that like a typo? No, that's, uh, that's still real. So we are still seeing Daryl Henderson, even after the drafting of Cam Akers, go as the running back 32. I, I'm, I'm really struggling with that one, because like – this dude wasn't even used when the Rams needed him the most last year. And then they, and then on top of that, they went ahead and drafted Cam Akers. Like, yeah. what, what is that supposed to tell me? Like, all signs are pointing towards this guy not even really being all that usable uh, at the NFL level. And then all of a sudden they have Cam Akers. I, I think RB, I'm not even sure that I would select Daryl Henderson uh, at like RB40 to 45. I think I'd want an even better price like that. RB32 is like, I want no part of that. And I don't know if that's too harsh of a take, but that's just where I stand right now. Yeah, I no, I mean, I agree with you. I, I just, I don't think there's any reason for him to be going that early at all. I, I he will, he would not be someone that I'm interested in, uh, in uh, having in my portfolio at that price tag. Basically, I just, I don't, I don't see any reason for it. So I'm, yeah. I'm 100% with you. I wonder if we are making too much of the situation from from last season, uh, where they they really needed running back production and he he just wasn't there. It you know unfortunately like that's just what we have in front of us. He he was drafted high, um, but then when the team needed him the most, like they didn't use him. So what am I supposed to make out of that? I, I'm I'm hoping we're more right than wrong on this one. Uh, because we could end up having a big miss here, but I don't think so. The fact that they drafted Cam Akers, to me, points towards they just want someone else in there, um, and I think it's going to be Akers. It's not going to be Henderson. Yeah, I agree. So something that uh, something that you and I are both very, very stoked on is mm-hmm. the return of the German Bundesliga. So we have uh, Korean baseball back. We have yeah. UFC happening uh, as well. So... Slowly but surely, around the world, we are starting to get some sports coming back. Yeah. And, and, you know, they might not be exactly how we remember them or how we want them. But we we do have the German Bundesliga returning with a, a full slate of games. There are six games on Saturday, May 16th, two games on May 17th, one game on May 18th. I am uh, in in honor of the occasion. I am wearing my Borussia Dortmund practice jersey. Uh, again, I I'm I'm thinking a lot of the listeners, a lot of the viewers right now probably are they're they're wanting an education. They're they're because they they like sports, right? Everyone wants yeah. sports back. And Pacheco, it's going to be really interesting to me to see all of these 
football, baseball, basketball, hockey fans in the United States mm-hmm. tuning in to watch German soccer just because it's on. And unlike Korean baseball, it's going to be on in the middle of the day, right? It's going to be on at noon yeah. in the States. Um, certainly. Um, I think soccer is an amazing uh, sport. It's an amazing watch. The challenge with soccer, um, at least for me, has been that it, it just it typically coincides with a bunch of other sports that are going on at the same time. So I'm just not able to play much DFS for it. I, I really barely have. Um, but this is certainly one of the best sports in the world. You could argue, Davis, that the, the Bundesliga is one of the best soccer leagues in the entire world. But it's also going to be a way more popular sport than like Korean baseball. Um, I, I think Bundesliga is like known worldwide. Like even someone that doesn't know much soccer has at least heard of the of the Bundesliga German league. So I, I think it's going to be fairly popular. And the fact that it's one of the like the lone sports out there is it should be very popular for DFS purposes as well. Yeah, I am. Uh, I I would think that it is the third best soccer league in the mm-hmm. world. Probably. I mean, England I think is clearly best, and yeah. Spain Spain is going to have teams that are just up and down uh, sure. are are a little bit better. So the 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 big teams in the German Bundesliga, the the best teams uh, are going to be. Bayern Munich, they are, you know, just the, the long-term champions. They are the richest team. They have the best players, and yeah. uh, they will they will pretty much always win the league. Borussia Dortmund, generally uh, the second-best team in the league. They are second in the standings this year as well. Long, long history of choking away league titles for Borussia Dortmund, but uh, they, are, they are generally the second-best team. Um, then, in terms of historical dominance, it would be Bayer Leverkusen as the third best team, uh, Wolfsburg as the fourth best team. But RB Leipzig basically circumvented the rules. And again, I mean, this is a, a whole different mm. conversation for how ownership of uh, professional soccer teams work overseas versus how things work in the States. But but Leipzig is the third best team. And, and all three of these teams, I mean, the thing that people are going to enjoy about watching German soccer, Pacheco, is this is a super high-scoring league. So for yeah. DFS, um, for betting, like you're going to be able to comfortably bet overs. You're going to be able to, you know, do. Uh, you're you're, you're going to have. A, you're going to see a lot of action happen in these games because this is a, a league that plays much more wide open than in Italy mm-hmm. and in uh, England. Yeah, I, I would say even uh, more high-scoring than the Spain league uh, as well. Is that is that correct, Davis? Yeah, I mean, so Spain has Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah. They they score a lot of goals, but the third best team in that league generally over the last decade or so has been Atletico Madrid. They're mm-hmm. a super defensive team, and the teams at the bottom of Germany they they are, make no money, right? These these right. are these are really low budget teams. So you know we're talking about uh, Union Union Berlin, you know very low budget team Augsburg, very low budget team, um, you know Freiburg, very low budget team. And these teams, if they are even able to survive year over year, so again for those of you who don't know, there is a promotion and relegation system. So the way European soccer leagues work is you play everyone in the league home and away. Uh, a win is worth three points in the standings, a tie is worth one, a loss is worth zero. At the end of the year, the team with the most points wins the championship. Uh, the team with the fewest and second fewest points are sent to the second division. There are a ton of financial penalties and stuff that, that comes with that. And then the teams with the most and second most points in the second division are brought up to the uh, to the top of the league. I mean, it really is... European sports, they really haven't figured out so much better than American sports, I think, Pacheco. Yeah, certainly. That that point system uh, makes a lot of sense. I, I was scrolling through um, some of the, the best players in the league and like the, the, the players that are still like very known. Robert Lewandowski is still in the league, Davis. And he, I mean, I know. And still, he, he, and still goading. And still goading, um, which I, I I don't know. I, I didn't think that he would uh, at this age of his career. I felt like he's been playing for forever, but he's only 31. I thought he was older than that. And then uh, Manuel Neuer, uh, the, the the German goalkeeper, he's still around and he's 34 and he's still very productive. Just guys that I, I, I didn't think were still going to be as productive and, and still very much are in the conversation as very good players. 
Yeah, I mean Lewandowski is uh he's the leading goal scorer. Like the the dude the dude just scores for uh the dude just scores for fun. So if we if we want to talk a little bit uh, if we want to talk a little bit about the way DFS works. So on DraftKings, primarily, I mean obviously you want goals and assists, right? Goals and assists are going to be a huge chunk of the scoring. But on DraftKings, you are awarded points for across, which is basically diagonally moving the ball. Uh, from the outside of the box, inside the box. But you are also awarded those crossing points for free kicks or corner kicks. So the players who have the responsibilities for the corner kicks and the free kicks, those are, by and large, going to be you know just the absolute best players for fantasy. Uh, that does not exist on FanDuel. You do not get points for the crosses. So mm-hmm. FanDuel really is, is you really are just going to want goals, you know, more or less. Yeah, and it seems like the DraftKings product is better than the FanDuel product at this point for soccer would be my yeah. My I, mean, I, I think the I think the salaries are sharper. I think the scoring is a little bit more uh, favored to the advanced player. Like I I, mm-hmm. I, I greatly prefer the DraftKings product uh, to the FanDuel product. There's also um, I remember from the days that I played, you have to roster defensemen like defense like defensive backs. And the scoring for that works a little bit differently too, right, Davis? Yeah. So on FanDuel, you get points for clearances, um, which is, you know, literally like kicking, like just hoofing the ball out of your own box out into the open play of field. So uh, we can, we can definitely talk uh, deeper. Uh, Once we get a little bit closer, we will do a, Mm -hmm. we will do uh, actually when we get salaries, we can even do uh, a full preview of that slate. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I am very excited. I think, I think the best game is going to be the Borussia Dortmund Schalke 04 game. So those are, two really big rivals they uh basically the the river derby is what the translation of that game is called in english uh the bayern munich game might be a, a good one to watch for the uh, for the casual fan because i would it would mm-hmm. not surprise me if we saw like five goals or something you know scored in that game but uh yeah we 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 got we got korea baseball we have the ufc uh, we have League of Legends. I mean, you know, you people who are complaining that we got we got nothing going on. If you are, if you're one of the people complaining that we have nothing going on, guys, you're just you're not trying hard enough to find things to get uh, to get excited about and to wager on. So, uh, everyone, thank you for watching and listening to the Daily Rotor Hour here on Sports Grid TV uh, for Christopher Pacheco. This is Davis Maddox signing off, and uh, good luck, everybody. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.